0: Good morning, men. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. Did y'all enjoy that rain last night? Yeah, that was that was amazing. So I, I think that there's one thing that we can agree on. So the message this morning is God and creativity, and it's it's evident when you're in God's beauty. What a creative God that we serve. Now I'm going to speak something similar to this on a rafting trip and i've already told the other boys i apologize because it actually was inspired you know this message is inspired by going to that rafting trip and i wanted to do this message last semester too but there's so much content that you can cover and it I, i think it'd be really good for a series and so i hope i do it justice today but i remember back in my Hippie state, you know, my college days. This was back in Texas A&M. And so I'm walking through campus and it's a rainy day and it was a beautiful day. And I started, I started looking at the trees and that's just one small piece of God's creation. And I started thinking of how, how creative a God that we serve. So there's over 60,000 species of trees on our earth. And just the original thought of a tree, I think is pretty neat, so like I said, you know, I was contemplating this in my hippie state of my college days, but i still I still think it's valid and Lindsay, my wife she she brought a very good point, and I thought to myself, she puts in the words better than I could ever say, you know, but she said that she thinks of trees as a thin spot here on this earth, and a thin spot here on this earth is where you feel closer to God. It's where you feel closer to heaven. It's where you feel closer to the Holy Spirit. So trees, they're a symbol of of life, you know, much like in Ezekiel's vision of the trees that were growing right by the river. And I feel closer to God when I'm looking at trees just in my backyard. I feel closer to God when I'm surrounded by trees in the mountains, when you hear the wind just going through the branches, when you smell that pure air, and I'm sorry, you know, I'm kind of getting back into that hippie state again, but, uh, there's this particular tree in college station that Lindsay and I found and, uh, the branches would droop down so low. And so anybody could climb on those branches. So I would climb on that tree and then we'd put blankets underneath that tree. And that's, that's where we would go to think. And that's where we'd go to pray and, uh, think about our future our future decisions and so there's actually underneath that tree that we decided to come back to Amarillo Texas and that was a huge decision at the time because you know Lindsay had already started her career there in College Station she was teaching I just finished you know my schooling at Texas A&M now it was 2008 the economy wasn't that great at the time and so I was having a hard time finding a job and uh So I went there a lot with Lindsay. I went there a lot by myself underneath that tree just to pray. And I I wanted it to be the right decision because I knew that I'd be uprooting her from what life that we had begun, you know, there in College Station. So it had to be the right decision. And I know that it's right because look at where we are now. So we serve the God of creation. The complexity of it all is it's hard to fathom. You take a look around in nature or you watch the series, Our Planet, which is awesome, by the way. It's breathtaking, some of the different camera shots that they can get on that series. But for me, I wouldn't even know where to begin. And I know that everyone has felt this. I felt this as a, you know, even a small child when I was trying to figure out what I would draw next. You know, you'd go around and ask your parents, like, what, what should I draw? And it's hard to figure out where to begin. And this this can be a huge hurdle to jump in creativity because there's so many original ideas out there already. There's so many inventions out there already. What can I do that will contribute to the kingdom of God? Or what new thing can I create that will be more valuable than what's already out there? And these can be daunting questions. So let's start out. Let's talk about Jesus and his creativity. I never really thought of Jesus as a creative person when I was growing up. I think a lot of times we can take for granted just how creative Jesus was. And he was a phenomenal storyteller. He said things like, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the salt of the earth. He spoke of the man who built his house upon the rock, the man who built his house upon the sand. He he spoke of the parable of the prodigal son. And in Mark 4.10, Those around him, his disciples, or his apostles, his 12 apostles began to ask him about the parables. And this is what he responded with. And this is in a nutshell. But he said, I'm using parables to conceal everything about the kingdom from outsiders. And that's that's what he said, basically, which doesn't sound right. And I was listening to this professor and what he thought Jesus was saying at the time to his disciples and he compared it to a walnut. And he said, if someone gave you a walnut, at first you'll take that nut. And you're like, well, you know, this is interesting. This is, a, this is a hard nut. But that's not all that the walnut has to offer. It has this fleshy inside that you get the nourishment from. So people came and they listened to what Jesus had to say. Some were ready to really hear what he had to say. And they were ready to listen to the words that would give life. Others just stayed on the surface, and that's what Jesus was speaking of. Everyone knew that what he had to say carried weight with it, but the ones that would actually apply it to their lives were the ones that were ready to get to the meaty, the nourishment part of that, of his word. And Jesus walked around this life, and he talked about things that he saw every day, but other people never really saw. So how can we apply creativity to our lives? And like I said, there's so many original ideas out there. I think that we have that so-called writer's block a lot of times. We don't know where to begin. And I think that just beginning, just beginning is so important because the Word of God produces life. It produces wisdom. Scripture affirms scripture. And that's God's design. And I also think that creativity will beget more creativity. So let's go back to my college hippie days. During this time, I was going to start a band with my friends. We we're going to make some music that was going to be amazing, you know, and we we're going to make it big. But I didn't want to make making it big, you know, my focus, because that might mess up the, the purity of the creativity. Right. And so the funny thing was that I could make music on my own. But when we'd get together, you know, we never really there are a few times that we'd make music together. And uh, I think I was a little insecure about what I would be able to create. And I had this stack full of lyrics in this folder, and I still have it somewhere, the stack full of lyrics in this folder. But it's ridiculous because those songs, they, they mean nothing to me now. And I didn't write worship songs back then. And that's really all that I would write now. You know, I'd still write, I'd write love songs to Lindsay, but that's because I know where that love originated from. It originated from God. And my priorities are straight now. I know who created it, created this all. I know who the glory goes to, and the glory goes to God. So let's go back to what I was saying. You must know where to begin. And Mark 950 says, Salt is good, it's beneficial, but if salt has lost its saltness, how will you restore the saltness to it? Have salt within yourselves and be at peace and live in harmony with one another. So I think this is the way that we use our creativity. We are the salt of the earth. And so that means that we keep, we keep first what needs to be first. For instance, the salt that's harvested from the Dead Sea, it becomes, it becomes stale because of all the impurities that are mixed in with it. So if the, the salt is mixed with other minerals, it becomes diluted. It's useless. And I think the same is true with us. If we don't keep what's first first, our creativity is useless. The music that I, in theory, would have created with my friends, that could have been the most beautiful rock ballads of my time. But those songs, would have they would have mean nothing to me because my mindset at the time was not glorifying God. I would have never been satisfied with what I would have been able to create, no matter how beautiful or authentic it was. I was deluded. There was so much impurity in in my life at the time. I'd lost my, dir- my direction. And it's very difficult to begin some, something that's worth creating when you, when you don't have that direction, when you don't put what's first, first. And Jesus is my first. And I can't forget that when my priorities are lined up with God's, that's when my creativity really, that's when it really starts, gets going. And even times when, you know, your creativity, it might feel misdirected. You can go back to the source and realize that it's pointed in the right direction. For example, we just bought this house in Amarillo and you can spend so many hours working on that house and it's kind of discouraging at times. It's like, golly, I'm putting so many hours into this home, but I have to go back and I have to realize what we're doing it for. We got that home so that we could, we could host youth over there. We got that home so that could be a refuge for the youth. So that that could be a refuge for our kiddos and their friends as they get older. And it's, it's affirming because that's what one of our youth has already said our home is to them. It's, it's a refuge and that's awesome because it's not even finished yet. But so much creativity can go into how you can do low cost on this home and it'd be beautiful and inviting. And I have to keep what's first first, if not that creativity will stop. I can't forsake it or it'll fall apart. And I think there's something else that can get in the way with creativity and it got in the way with the disciples in the same chapter. Jesus explained to them that, you know, that they are the salt of the earth and it was because of this argument. They were arguing about who would be the greatest. And I think that chapter nine is, it's pretty neat because it's it's like an intimate setting with Jesus. It said that he passed through Galilee and he didn't want anyone to know it because he was engaged for the time teaching his disciples. And my biggest epiphany came when I, when I was reading this, whenever they had their argument and then Jesus' response to that, they're arguing about position and authority. And I think that this can be a huge hindrance with creativity. And I think that this is why that position and authority, they're, they're not given as markers of how closely we follow Jesus. The ability to bring the best out of others and bring peace is a much better test. So the disciples, they're arguing about who would be the greatest. And Jesus, he spoke to them. He said, if anyone desires to be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he was so creative, but Jesus didn't come to this earth to build himself up. He didn't come to this earth to discover the next best thing that would make our lives easier. He uses creativity to serve others and be creative in the way that, you know, show us how we could be creative in the ways that we serve others. And that creativity will beget more creativity. And that will it'll lead into a direction that is meaningful. It'll be led into direction that is pleasing to God. And I've seen this creativity in serving others here at this church over and over again. And some of the people, even the men in this room, I don't have to dig very far back to give examples of the way they use their creativity, the way they just keep their mind churning of how they can use their resources to serve others. And I'd give you those examples, but it probably embarrassed the fire out of each one of them. So I'm not going to do that this morning. But that's what gets my creative juices flowing. That That also, I mean, that. That begets creativity in me, of how I can serve others. One thing that we can't forget when we're bringing the best out of others is to not discourage others in their creativity. That art professor that I was talking about earlier, he did an awesome visual, and he was describing his artwork comparatively to, you know, creativity and his discipline. And there's a myth with creative people, and that myth is they don't want any rules imposed on them. They just want to be free, man. And a, a creative person might think that they just want to be free and they don't need that discipline. And I definitely had that mindset. You know, I just wanted to be free. But we have to realize as men and as leaders, this, even if our circle of discipline is larger, over time we've developed that. Whatever your specialty is, your specialty is if it's carpentry, if it's metalworking, Uh, cattle, locksmithing, or just your spiritual discipline. You might have a larger discipline than somebody else that is around you. When I was a carpenter apprentice, I wanted to know everything that my superintendent knew in one day. And uh, I wish that I had that knowledge yesterday. But the reality is that one day of, of experience when I started out, like if there was a problem that was set before me, I wouldn't be able to figure out that problem like he would because his discipline was much larger than mine and my discipline was limited. So however, I did learn the best from, you know, carpenters and superintendents who would take the time to show me that discipline and the importance of it because you can use the same logic in so many areas just to making sure that it's square, that it's plumb, that it's level, that it's the right distance. And at least you have a you have a basis that you can go from. And my point is you use your discipline to encourage others discipline, especially their spiritual discipline, because this will, this will encourage their creativity. And what's cool about this is if they step out of what they already know and they succeed, they're going to grow. If they step out of what they already know and they fail, they're still going to grow. Because they they know that that doesn't work and they'll try something else the next time. So we as leaders, we should help foster that growth and emphasize the importance of discipline with creativity. And it's not all about freedom, man. (laughs) It's about discipline. And Thomas Edison said, I know 1,800 ways of how to not make a light bulb. So there's no pressure, bro. Something else that... Can be said about this process is just embracing the journey. There's so many times that I don't embrace the journey. I'm, I'm ready for that destination. And, you know, when I sit down with my kiddos and I really break down the meaning of, you know, why I do things rather than just trying to get them to, to the end, to the end game, it's so much more fulfilling when I walk them out through that process. You see them light up. So try to embrace the journey with them. And the last thing that I would say is there's something that happens internally when we submit ourselves to God. There's a recentering. It's like getting to the fleshy part of that walnut. We get the nourishment from being still and listening to what God has to offer. So find out what, what recenters you. For me, it's with my family. It's underneath and on trees. It's listening to worship music. It's time and prayer. It's the word of God. There's always something that can recenter each one of us. So find out what that is and recenter yourself. So I wanted to end with the Van Morrison song because uh I heard that one of his songs was about God. And I'm not for sure if this is true. I looked it up. I was like, man, I don't know if I should use this or not. But Rod Stewart, he covered it and he made it about a love song to his wife. You know, he cried at the end of it. It's a beautiful song, and I'm not for sure if you if Van Morrison wrote it to God or not. But I know you've all heard it. Have I told you that lately that I love you? Have I told you there's no one above you? You fill my heart with gladness, take away my sadness, ease my troubles. That's what you do, and it continues on. I mean this. It sounds like a worship song to me, but he said, there's a love that's divine and it's yours and it's mine. Like the sun at the end of the day, we should give thanks and pray to the one. And it's much, it's so more meaningful or much more meaningful when that creativity is directed towards God. Now, I tried to think of You know, what I would consider is my most creative moments. And, and I'm not sure, you know, I feel like I'm just in the beginning of it. But what's neat when you serve others, you make something out of nothing. And after you do that, the relationship will never be the same. That person can always go back to that instance and it, it's, it won't be forgotten. And I know that's not what we do it for. I know that's not what Jesus did it for. It's just the byproduct of one of God's designs. And I'm so grateful that he did design it this way because we serve such an awesome and a creative God. All right, let's pray. And then uh we've got the questions in front of us. You can talk with your, with your tables. Lord, uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for your design. Thank you for the way that, Uh, you've created everything and I pray that we just take the time to, to look at, look at everything that you've shown us, Lord, to look at the things that are unseen, Lord, that we look to ways that we can serve others and that the creative juices would just continue to flow, Lord, and that we'd go straight to the source and that is you, Lord. Thank you so much for, uh, this group of men and I pray that we just be the leaders in our homes leaders in our families the leaders in our workplace lord we love you to your name we pray amen thank y'all